Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about being happy. Anybody happy here? Not as the world talks about happiness, but a biblical, true happiness in our own lives. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to be here today to love you, to give you praise, to sing the songs of praise and worship of who you're very worthy of, and allow your word to touch our lives in a very unique, special way. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. You may have sung this song when you were a child, or you actually had some children to sing it. If you're happy and you know it, yeah. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. And somebody has to decide to be happy because it's not always the circumstance. It's not always the view. It's not always the moment. The, the definition of happiness, today's definition, a state of well-being, contentment, a pleasurable or satisfying experience. In the 1400s, it was defined more as prosperity and good fortune. But the Bible does talk about being happy and happiness about 28 times in your Bible, it does refer to this topic of happy and happiness. Um, so God does want to address your happiness and my happiness today. Since the dawn of creation, I think mankind's been uh, striving to be happy, and certainly that is a plus. George Sand said there's only one happiness in this life, and that's to love and be loved. Mother Teresa said spread love everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving leaving uh, happier. So does everybody leave you happier than when they arrived? That's a good question. I discovered this week there's actually, and this is true, a world happiness report. Do you know that? A world happiness report. It's conducted by the United Nations from Gallup uh, statistics. And so we have a world happiness report and the happiest country in the world is Finland, then Denmark, Switzerland. You know where we rate in the United States? Number 18. How does the most powerful, the richest country in the world come in at 18? It's because we're not as happy as Finland and Denmark and Switzerland. And even though we are the most powerful and the most uh, prosperous, we, we still don't rank very high in happiness. When Moses is getting ready to die in Deuteronomy chapter 33, he's blessing the children of Israel, so we know he's fixing to die. He's getting ready to move on to eternal life, and this is what he says in verse number 29. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your health, the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down they're high places, so Moses is saying, listen, you ought to be happy, we should be happy, because how many of you know we got the Lord, and the Lord has us. I want to give you this morning four keys to happiness, four keys that you and I can be happy, the Lord does deal with that, 
And uh, it's very scriptural. We have to understand that. And here's number one. Do not buy in to the world's version of happiness. Man, that's number one. God has an idea of happiness. The world has an idea of happiness. And gods in the world don't always gel together. Because if you don't watch it, now listen very carefully, if you don't watch it, you'll buy in, you'll drink the Kool-Aid, you'll watch the YouTube, you'll see the Instagram, you'll see the TikTok version of happiness. And guess what? You've got to be careful because the world's view of happiness is not always God's view of happiness. And you can get this disease. If I had her for a wife, I'd be happy. If I had him for a husband, I'd be happy. If I had that house, if I had that car, if I had that job, if I had their money, if I had their looks, I'd be happy. Chances are you wouldn't. You don't know he turns into somebody else at night. and She's not what you think. And that car payment you think that they are in love with is a lot more than what you want. Who's going to help me preach today? I'm just telling you where we're living and how this works. <laughs> if I could win the lottery, I'd be happy. Well, uh, you first have to buy a ticket. And if you do tithe... Oh, it got quiet in here. <laughs> According to CNBC, lottery, lottery winners are more likely to declare bankruptcy within three to five years of the average American. What's more, studies have shown that winning the lottery does not necessarily make you happier or healthier. Evidence shows that most people who make it to the top, 1% of income earners usually don't stay there for a very long time. Studies found that instead of getting people out of financial trouble, winning the lottery got people into more trouble since bankruptcy rates soar for lottery winners three to five years after winning. M most lottery winners don't do very well. They, they usually end up bankrupt very, very soon. I heard someone say this. If, if, if you uh, get a million dollars, you better be a millionaire. And, and I thought, well, if you've got a million dollars, you are a millionaire. No, you may have a million dollars, but you still have a 25-cent mentality. So, we have to understand that, you know, according to St. Paul and St. John and St. George and St. Ringo, money won't buy you love. Some of you get that on the way home. It's really true. I mean, the world has their own version of happiness. And uh, let me give you a list, and you'll recognize some of these names. Kurt Cobain, the rock star of Nirvana. Ray Combs, former host of Family Feud. Don Cornelius, Soul Train. Did anybody ever watch Soul Train? Soul Train. <laughs> Lucy Gordon, who appeared in the Spider-Man 3 movie. Sophia Graydon, former Miss Great Britain. Ernest Hemingway, Brian Keith, the original Parent Trap movie, Margot Kidder, Lois Lane of Superman, and even George Reeves, the TV uh, version of Superman, uh, Will Rogers Jr., Robin Williams. So what did they have in common? All very famous, all very wealthy, and their life did not end well. And let me tell you why. 
because you can think it's in the fame, it's in the fortune, it's in the money. And let me tell you, all these people realized at the end of this, that was not going to make them happy. Therefore, they ended their life in a way that really wasn't a good way. So we have to realize happiness, if you don't watch it, can be very fleeting because we have the wrong view of happiness. We have a worldview and not a biblical view, and don't get caught up in that. Because we think it's in things, we think it's uh, in this and that and him and her, but everything you see on this earth is one day going to be dissolved. We just sang about that. So happiness is far transcending any of these things, which brings us to number two. The second key of happiness is understanding that happiness is an inside job. Happiness is an inside job. It's not external, it's more internal. Not that, there are some things that are external that are different, and the world's view of happiness is primarily external. Sometimes you cannot calm the storm around you, but you can calm the storm that is within you. Because there's a lot of things around you. Sometimes I don't like the political environment. Sometimes I don't like the economic environment. Sometimes I don't like the things that are going around me, but it's not just what's going around me, but it's what's going inside of me that really matters. So we have to realize that happiness is not external, but it's internal, and Jesus showed that. Remember when they're going across the Sea of Galilee? And they're getting to the other side, but somewhere between point A and B, there is a storm. Anybody gone through a storm? And, and this is what I know about storms. They can arise and arrive when you don't even expect them. This morning, I got up about 5.30, and uh, I'm headed in, and I notice over in the northwest, I mean, the wind is blowing out of the north, it's cloudy, it's sprinkling, it's thundering, it's lightning, and I listened to that guy last night, and he didn't say anything about that. That false prophet? Sometimes they tell you things are coming, and they don't, and they don't say anything about it, and it arrives. That's the way life is. All of a sudden, there's the storm. There's the issue. Something happens. You weren't expecting it. A marriage storm, a financial storm, a kid storm, a job storm, a health storm, right? And how in the world are they going to the other side, and that's the will of God for them to get there, right? And in the middle of the will of God, a storm arrives, and it is so intense the disciples think they're going to die. They, 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 they go back to the back of the boat, and they wake up Jesus, and they say, Don't you care? We're going to perish. We're dying out here. And guess what Jesus is doing? He's asleep. Don't you love it? In the middle of the storm, Jesus is asleep. They have to wake him up. And I always say this, and I love to say this, he leaves the back of the boat as the Son of Man. But when he steps to the bow of the ship, he's the Son of God. Let me tell you, he speaks to the wind and the waves and the storm. Peace be still. And everything goes down to peace. And I believe the wind and the waves, the storm says, I've heard that voice before. Matter of fact, he is the creator. He spoke it all into existence. And how in the world can you be in the middle of the storm and have the peace as Jesus did sleeping in the boat because it's not always what's going around you, it's what's going inside of you. 
You see, happiness is an inside job. The world thinks it's an outside job. So you and I get caught up in this trap. We look at their husband, their wife. We, we look at their car, their house, their money, and we think, boy, if I had that, I'd really be happy. No, listen, it's not going to come from out there. It's going to come from in here, and hopefully it goes out there. Nothing wrong with a good-looking wife. Man, I deserve a better amen than that. Nothing wrong with a good-looking husband. Great car, home, job, money. But let me tell you, as the saint said, money came by you love. So we have to realize it, it's more than that. Jesus, he calms the storm. Now I want to give you 10 quick things. If you have a pencil and paper, have your phone, your iPad, whatever, let me encourage you to just jot these down because I think it's going to help you. Here's, here's number one in, in the middle of an inside job here. What helps us to guard our happiness? Pastor, why would I need to guard my happiness? Because there's an enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal your happiness. He wants to destroy your life. Here's number one. Forgive and move on. Forgive and move on. This is what I found out. No one gets through life and God gives them a pass. You're going to have some difficulties. Some people are going to stroke your fur backwards. They're not going to like you. You're even going to fail yourself. You're going to mess up. There are people who are going to hurt you. It could be a husband, it could be a wife. Maybe you had some parents that didn't really parent you and lead you and nurture you like you should. You could be here today and be abused. Don't drag that thing through your life. Just forgive and move forward. Well, it was wrong. Yeah, we're not saying it wasn't wrong. We're not giving them a pass. We're not saying they're off the hook. How many of you know anybody who's off my hook is still on God's hook? So just forgive and move on because if you don't, you'll get stuck. And if you get stuck, it's hard to move forward. Is there failure? Is there sin? Is there things that we do wrong? Absolutely. But you and I have to say, okay, let me get that right. Let me move on. Number two, you need to embrace change. Embrace change. Goodness gracious, we live in a world that's changing quicker than you think. You know, the car that I was upgraded to about a year, two, or three ago, uh, the car doesn't have a key. I mean, it has a key, but you don't need a key. You just get in there and you push the button. Now, I, I never had a car that never had a key. So when I first got in it, I'm always looking for the key. Then I get in Carrie's car who has a key, and now I'm discombobulated because key or no key, you get a phone, they upgrade it, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Maybe you can figure out you need a 12-year-old. Change. Your favorite uh, thing on the menu now is gone. New, new, new owners. Uh, I mean, change is all around us. They put all these new programs on television, and they're all horrible now. Change. Now, I can belabor it. I can gripe about it. I can moan about it. But let me tell you, I just got to embrace it, do the best I can, move forward. Number three, be kind even when others are not. 
You know, our area is a pretty good area, but how many of you know there are a few sore heads still around? Other people's opinion of you does not determine and define who you are. Many years ago, the staff knows this, I had a couple that came to the church for uh, marital counseling. They, they can go to our church. I didn't know them. They weren't members. Uh, they, they lived in uh, this area, but I, I didn't know them. And I asked them, I said, well, why, why did you come to me? And they said, well, we were referred to you. And I said, that's fine. So I have them in the office. They're sitting on the couch, as I do with couples. And we're, we're visiting. We're talking. And uh, in the middle of it, you know, when, when you talk about people's issues, people have an issue when you talk about their issues. And, and I don't know them, so I'm just trying to, you know, say, well, how about this, how about this? And she says this, he says that. And then finally, it gets so intense, he gets up angry and calls me an SOB, and, and he, he storms out of my office. Well, she begins to cry, and, and she's hurt, and then she begins to apologize. And I said, listen, you don't have to apologize to me. I said, I'm fine. I know who I am. He doesn't know me. He can call me anything he wants. He just needs to be thankful he didn't call me that 40-some years ago. <laughs> and 40-something years later, I would have still won that battle. That sounds like bragging, but it is true. But what he said doesn't define me. Now, if Carrie calls me that, that's a whole nother level. How many of you know that's a whole nother level? But he didn't know who I am. So I'm going to be kind through this. I, I, I'm going to be good through this. And I said, you don't have to apologize to me. I said, you're the one who has to live with him. I don't have to live with him. So we can get into situations. We have to be very careful that, that we have the right spirit, the right thing to say, the right way to process things, because if we do then we're going to be happier. And I'll tell you why. Because if you react wrong, that's going to trail you a little while. And everybody's felt that, haven't you? Should have done that, shouldn't have done this. Here, here's number four. Take the other aisle. Now, if you've been here and heard me preach, you know exactly what I just said. Now, if you haven't been here, you have to keep... A safe distance from some people. It's not that we're avoiding them all the time, but it's just better if we're not around them a lot. I had that happen to me Thursday. I didn't avoid, but it was unavoidable. I was congenial. I was nice. But if I was been at Walmart, if they came down the aisle two, I would been to ten. And I tell you why. It's not that you don't care for people or love people, but there are some people that are just downers. I mean, it's like a Saturday Night Live episode of Debbie Downer. And they never get cured. And you're around them consistently and over and over. And to remain happy, sometimes I just have to keep a safe distance. It's okay. Number five. Celebrate your successes. Celebrate your successes. How many of you know you have more successes than what you realize? I was listening to someone speak the other day, and they talked about, and maybe you've heard this, and I've never heard it before, they had went to someone's house who were a, they were a fisherman. 
And they went in, and over the, the mantle, there was this huge swordfish that had been mounted. It was big. And he told the story. It took me like over two hours just to land this fish in the boat. In another room, there was this huge hammerhead shark. And he said, as I went through this big house, all of these fish were mounted, and they were huge, lovely, massive fish. But let me tell you something. If this guy was a fisherman, he didn't just catch big fish. How many of you would believe with me? There had been a lot of little fish that were caught in the midst of this guy fishing. So sometimes we have... Big successes, sometimes we have little successes. So whether it's a big success or little success, let's just celebrate the success. Because God's done a lot for you. Listen to me. He has blessed you more than you realize. Let's be happy in the blessing of God and the provision of God and the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the salvation of God. For God loves you, and we're celebrating not just our spiritual successes, but on the job, in your marriage, you got something right with your children. So let's celebrate those successes. Number six, let's celebrate other people's successes. Because if you don't, you will not celebrate. You'll be a critic and a rival. You will look at their Facebook post and their vacation and their home and their car, instead of celebrating with them, you will be in competition with them that will make you unhappy. I've told you this many times when my wife was ordering better homes and garden, no matter what picture I looked at, it would always be better than your home and garden. And you can either go forward and Compete, or you can just say, listen, I'll do the best I can do, and I'm going to be happy, right? So let's celebrate other people's successes. Number seven, live in the moment. Live in the moment. Everybody here probably already, including me, have thought about something you need to do tomorrow. Something you should do tomorrow. Something you're looking for tomorrow. Something that maybe you're challenged with tomorrow. Let's just live in the success. I mean, I've got a lot of things to do yesterday. We celebrated my little granddaughter's third birthday, the terrific threes. And we just celebrated the moment. Did I have plenty to do? Yes. Was I tired? Absolutely. So we started in the morning. We did Lion King. And we had a Lion King party. We had, we had balloons, and we had a Lion King cake that Shauna made, and we, we had uh, streamers, and we had Lion King plates and cups and all kind of Lion King stuff because she's into Lion King. So the other day we were going to watch Lion King together, and I hadn't seen Lion King in years, I guess since my boys were smaller. And so Riley said, Papa, can we watch Lion King? And I said, well, Riley, is that that movie that starts out? And she said, oh, no, Papa, it doesn't start that way. You're not, you're not singing it right. Just live in the moment. And, and see, I'll remember that hopefully the rest of my life. And so, you know, they wanted to go fishing yesterday about 8 o'clock. So we go down the pond and we, we catch some crappie and... And 
Riley, she's interested in it, and she won't touch it. And I said, okay, if I catch another one, will you throw it back in the water? Yeah, Papa, I'll throw it back in the water. Oh, no, she don't want to touch it. She doesn't want to touch it. Just enjoy it. Because, listen, that moment will never, ever come again. Enjoy the moment. It's going to make you happier. Here, here's number eight. Smile. Have you ever seen those people that if they smiled, you thought their face was literally going to crack? I, I, I saw this the other day. In the Guinness World Book of Records, they actually have records of people who could smile the longest. And, and I saw there was somebody who held the record like for seven hours or something. They, they had a smile on their face, and they never broke the smile for seven-something hours. And then some girl come along and broke it ten hours. I mean, there's a few people you know, hey, give me ten seconds. I'm not, I'm not looking for ten hours. I'm not looking for seven hours. Just, just put a smile on your face for a few seconds. And I've actually told people this, and I'm still alive. I've said, you know, most communication is not verbal. Most is body language. And I said, I know you know what you're saying, but would you please go stand in front of the mirror and watch yourself as you say it? It's going to help you. And it's going to help everybody around you because we just don't express that inner happiness that we should have. And some of you are already upset, and I hadn't even got to 10, but please listen for the rest of the message because you need help, sir. Ma'am, you need help. I need help. Here's number nine. Realize that only you are responsible for your happiness. Well, if she would make me happy, if he would make me happy, if I had this, I'd be happy. No, let me tell you when you're going to get happy, when you decide to get happy. This is your choice. It's not him. It's not her. Now, obviously, those things do factor in. And number 10, realize that relationships are the most valuable things to our happiness. Relationships are the most valuable things to our happiness. It's not things, it's relationships. Here's the third key about happiness. Number three, productivity and happiness can be symbiotic. Productivity and happiness can be symbiotic. They are hand in hand. We live in a culture today, we've seen it through the current economy, that people are being paid to stay home. It's a tragedy, it has affected us you know, worldwide, really. And you will not be happier sitting at home doing nothing. You say, well, how do you figure that? I just read the Word of God. That's how I get my information. Psalm 128, verse 2, When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it will be well with you. Well, that's pretty short and sweet, isn't it? When you eat of the labor of your hands, you will be happy, and it will be well with you. I love when the world figures out what the Bible already knows. How many of you love that? Here's the discovery. Here's the new information. Hey, th this truth is centuries old. Harvest, Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review. 
Unemployment is destructive to people's well-being. Unemployment is destructive to people's well-being. What a revelation. Unemployed people report 30% more negative emotional experiences than people who are employed. Wow. All you had to do is read the Word of God. I don't need Harvard Business Review to tell me this stuff. I mean, that's good. There is a sense of accomplishment when we labor, we work, we volunteer, whatever stage of life you're in, it is healthy and it con- contributes to your well-being and your happiness. We just know that. Here's some uh, uh, information by a guy who's very uh, wise. His name is Solomon, Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 22. So I perceive that nothing is better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his heritage, for who can bring him to see what will happen after him? Listen, you don't work to get saved, but once you get saved, how do you know you ought to be productive? Now, this is what this is saying, that you never know the legacy that you leave by what you do and what you accomplish, accomplish to the generations beyond you. So we should be engaged because there's this symbiotic relationship by what we do. We're not in competition with someone, but you will feel better and you will be happier if you're engaged in something. A lot of people retire, they go sit in the recliner and they just die. It's one of the worst things you can do. You don't have to go back to work. You don't have to go out and be on the railroad. I mean, you just do something. Go volunteer. Get a hobby. Do something. Don't sit home and be unhappy and watch Oprah and eat Cheetos. Do something. And here's the last one, number four. A relationship with God is the ultimate key to happiness. A relationship with God is the ultimate key to happiness. Psalm 144, verse 15, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. 146 and 5, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord is God. So will you be happier serving God than not serving God according to Scripture? Yes. Will you be happier with God as your Savior than not believing in God? The answer is yes. Even in our faults, even in our failures, I mean, we'll be happier pursuing God because God is pursuing you. Matthew chapter 5, most of you will remember this, is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Let me quickly go through this. Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now there's something very unique here. The word blessed here and the word happy go hand in hand. Some translations don't use the word blessed, they use the word happy. Matter of fact, in the Hebrew, in the Old Covenant, 
as you listen and you read the Old Testament, the word happy and blessed is interchangeable in many of those verses because it's the very same word. About 20-something times it is translated happy, and about 18 times or so it's translated blessed, or vice versa, depending on the application in the verse. So let me tell you, if you're blessed, you should be happy. And if you're happy, you're blessed. How many of you agree with that? Now why? Because you have a relationship with Almighty God. Now there's a story, chapter 19, so we're in 5, if we go forward to 19, there's a young man who comes to Jesus and he says, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one good, that's God. And how many of you know he is God in the flesh, right? And he responds to this young man. He said, well, you should keep the commandments. And he said, well, what commandments are you talking about? He said, well, don't murder, don't commit adultery, you shall not steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and, and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, well, Lord, I've done this ever since my youth. I mean, ever since I've been a kid, I've been doing this. And then the Lord said, there's one thing I'd like for you to do. I want you to go sell what you have, give to the poor, and come and follow me. Now, listen, he said that to Peter and Andrew and James and John and Matthew. Do you see the opportunity this guy has? Jesus said, come follow me. Matter of fact, before this service is over, you know what he's saying to everybody here? Come follow me. Now, this is what most people do. Well, you know, it's those riches. No, the Bible never says that. It's the love of the riches. It's the love of the money. There's nothing wrong with homes and cars and money and all those things. But let me tell you, if that external becomes more important then your internal love for God, now you've got a problem. But as long as that internal relationship with God is greater than the external things around you, how many of you know you're going to be okay? Because you made the main thing the main thing, so don't think I'm preaching against that. I'm just saying the most happy times in your life is going to be involved with, around with, in with a personal relationship with Almighty God. And, and so we have to realize God is wanting to bless you and make you happy, but there are parameters and there are keys to that blessing and happiness. Notice the last line of the story. And he went away happy. No. You know what it says? He went away sorrowful. There was no happiness in that exchange. This guy left worse than when he came because he put a priority on the external and he minimized the internal. Let me tell you what he did. He drank the Kool-Aid of culture. He took the worldview. He, he, he took the components of what the world saw. I'm not saying there's not a lot of good things in the world. Go out there and enjoy it, but don't enjoy it and exchange it for your relationship with Almighty God. Because true happiness is in a relationship with God. Listen, I want you to be successful. I want you to grab the brass ring or the gold ring or however high you can go. 
But do not compromise your relationship with Almighty God. God wants you to be blessed. If you're blessed by God, you're happy. If you have true happiness, guess what? You're blessed by God. Let me read one last verse before we leave. This is Psalm 97, verse 12. I want to read it out of the New Living Translation. May all who are godly be happy in the Lord and praise his holy name. Did you catch it? Be happy in the Lord. See, there's a lot of things in my life I don't like. Anybody got some things in your life you don't like? Yeah. I don't like I'm getting older. Just don't like it. Sometimes I don't like it when I drive down the bypass. Just don't like it. Sometimes I don't like the way other people respond. I don't like their attitude. Uh, There's a lot of things in politics I don't like. A lot of things in the world I don't like. And I can either go through all of this being sad and upset, conflicted, or I can say this. The peace of God that I have will get me through all that. The peace of God that passes all understanding is going to help me through this. No matter what storm is surrounding me, what difficulties I face or difficulties come my way, I can still have the blessing and the happiness of God no matter what's going around me externally. Maybe you don't like it. I'm not asking you to like it. I'm just saying keep that internal composure that when someone frowns, you can smile back. When they curse, you can bless. When they act like there's no future, it's all going to hell in the handbasket. You know different. You know different. You know that with God, you win. As I was preparing for our time this morning, I read a lot of different, quote, theologians that said God doesn't want you to be happy. I don't know what Bible they're reading. Let me tell you about my own kids. I want my kids to be happy. How many of you want your kids to be happy? How many of you want your grandkids to be happy? How many of you don't care? Some of you act like you don't care. But listen, we want our kids to be happy. We want our grandkids to be happy. You have a heavenly father that wants you to be happy. But here's the caveat. It's not like what the world thinks. That's where people get tripped up. It's not like the world thinks. Your happiness has to be in the parameters of what the word of God says so that we might have the happiness and the peace of God when things surround our life every, every day. Bow your head with me this morning. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.